Hi everyone, welcome to episode 8 of Battle of the Bulls. I am Michael. And I'm Jason. And today we are going to do rice. Alright, so rice. But it is not just any rice. This episode, as you well know, is called Fried Rice versus Biryani. Biryani? Biryani? I think it's Biryani. Biryani. Um, feel free to correct me on that fans. Uh, so I guess I'm going to go ahead and discuss why we wanted rice. Simple. We were both very hungry and we decided what can be the most delicious meal for like pretty cheap, right? Oh, Best yeah, bang for your buck. Uh, obviously it's rice. It's such a versatile ingredient and it is used Worldwide, worldwide literally in every dish you can imagine probably the most international food the I mean, most international food yeah and we decided to choose a rice dish that was mixed with literally just meat and veg and we went with indian or pakistani biryani i think in this case it's indian i think this one's indian yeah. and uh chinese but in this case cantonese fried rice um, for the biryani, we've got uh, biryani from beer yani, spelled B-E-E-R yani. It's because it's probably also a bar. I feel like they must have beer. Maybe it's a beer pairing with right, biryani. Right. I don't know. From uh, Denman Street in downtown Vancouver. And we've got their house special, which is a slow-cooked chicken biryani, as well as a classic, the goat biryani. Goat is a personal favorite. Um, and so for our fried rice, we got it from um, Neptune, which is a local chain of Chinese restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, they have a wide selection of fried rice, and it was kind of hard for us to, to narrow it down into How many just was two. it again? I think there was there was like 13, 15 different types oh of fried rice. God. I was very overwhelmed. So we went with a classic, first of all, which is the... Well, again? Yang Chow. Yang Chow, uh, which has um, some shrimp, I think some pork, and vegetables. And then we have something called, some people call it like honeymoon, some call it lovebird, some call it yin yang fried rice. It's all the same thing. It's a Hong Kong style fried rice that has two different sauces, a cream sauce with shrimp and a more of a tomato based sauce, sauce with pork. So it's really two different fried rices. And that's the thing. So it's it's almost two, like two dishes in one, but they're kind of meant to mix a little bit, you know? Right. So, so the sauce came separate, which you and I had to pour in, but what was the original fried rice underneath? Uh, it's a pretty basic fried rice. I think it just has like a bit of like egg, maybe a little bit of meat in it, but not not much. It sounds delicious, honestly. Yeah, it's one of my personal favorites. It's uh, it's like a meal in itself because you get both seafood and meat, kind of surf right, and turf. Right. Um, and yeah, no, it, it smells great. Oh, also we do have raita too. Did we, okay, did we... so I didn't mention this, but raita is a, I think it's a yogurt-based gravy. Yeah, exactly. That you throw on your biryani for a flavor change if you kind of get tired of the original taste and i think the other like thing it does is also is like if, it, if the food's slightly too hot since it's yogurt oh, yeah. it kind of cools it down a little right bit. right that's totally fair um in terms of these rice dishes uh i know fried rice is obviously it's stir fried in a massive wok exactly right? yeah um what about biryani how's that cooked do you have any idea i believe Baked? Baked? <laughs> I want to Google this. I'm actually not certain. I feel like it seems like the type of thing that you kind of put it all together and then you bake it for a bit. Um, 
but I think the main thing about it is that the spices have really been infused into the rice, which is something that's so special about it. So whereas fried rice, you just sometimes toss it in like a little bit of sauce and oil and stuff. Biryani is like, is full of just like deep, rich spices um, that have been really integrated into every single grain. And so it kind of becomes a full flavored dish on its own. So you don't really, you don't need like curry or sauce with it or anything. Um, I'm trying to find out how it's made right now. And all the searches of biryani is coming up with the word diaspora. Uh, diaspora. So a diaspora, I believe, is like a group of people that move from one place to another. Right, because so it's, like it's like a, yeah. This, by nature, is a fusion dish, right? Because, like, everywhere right now it's showing it is a Muslim food, it's an Indian food, it's a Southeast Asian food. Yeah. No one really knows where it's from. Um, but it is a kind of pilaf, I guess. Yeah. So it starts out as, like, a semi-cooked rice that they put into a one-pot dish and end up, like, I don't even know what the word for it is because they don't have it. It's, it's not really, like, break, I guess slow cook. Slow cooked? Okay, yeah. Because I know when we were ordering our beer, biryani, it said that it was prepared overnight. Right. So that, that takes a lot of effort. So it must have been slow cooked, I believe, then. Yeah. I think one of the amazing things about both these dishes is that there can be in themselves a full meal because you have your meat, your protein, you have your yeah. vegetables, and you have a grain all one they're all flavored together yeah so it's kind of like this nice like one dish meal where like people around the world can sit down they can have one plate of food and they've had everything they need yeah that being said rice is literally all we got today we didn't pair yes. it with anything else so can we please dive in absolutely um what do you want to start with first i'm not gonna lie this this goat birani okay let's is, start with the goat is it looks delicious. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Get a big chunk of that goat in there. So biryani is uh, pretty dark colored. You can see the spices. Yeah. It's got peppers, onions, goat, and everything's just been slow cooked. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's try it. Oh, fuck. Mm, I'm going for another spoon. Wow, this is so good. That is delicious. I will say, everyone, with goat, be careful. There are bones. Oh, what? And they can be a bit sharp. No, you got stabbed. Oh, I'm great. You know, but the goat is really nice. Mm. Oh, we were skeptical before. Oh, there's some heat. There is some heat in this. Oh, shit. I feel sweat. Okay. <laughs> we were saying before that we were kind of skeptical about the goat, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of restaurants really fuck up goat. Absolutely, because yeah, we were talking about how goat is a very tough meat. Mm -hmm. In North America, goat's not very common to eat at all. I don't um, think I've ever seen like North American cooking really incorporate goat. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it either, which is interesting because I think North Americans eat like a lot of like goat cheese and stuff, but we never eat goat meat. So what a lame like that. But honestly, I think goat's a great type of meat. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna try this goat biryani with some of the. What's the raita? The raita? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to try some of that. I'm so gonna, what would you do with this? I'm, I'm just going to dip. I usually pour a little bit on top and then just kind of... Right. Mmm. Okay, that changes everything up. Mm -hmm. So the goat biryani starts out very, very thick. The spices punch you. Mm -hmm. And it is a creeping spice, right? It fucking burns. 
but once you add the Raita in it, Raita, Raita? I actually don't know. Maybe Raita? it's Raita. Raita? Ruta. Well, once you try it, it's like, it. it's not really like ricey anymore. You know, it kind of turns into a stew. You just got stabbed by another bone. Yeah. <laughs> My mouth might be bleeding now. You're having, you're having really bad luck with this today, hey? <laughs> Oh, but I, I like the right time. The right, it adds like it really acidity works for me. too. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. It makes it kind of like a refreshing flavor, you know? Because like the thing with right is it has like vegetables in it too. Yeah. So you have like, I think, carrot and cucumber or something and some spices. I think the closest thing you can use to describe a raita is a, is a tzatziki sauce. Mm. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Having said, we have to try their slow cooked chicken. Video. I was about to say. If you didn't say that, I wasn't gonna be able to stop eating this. So mm-hmm. we we have I'm to move on. We have to it. move on. I'm sorry, <laughs> goat biryani. We have three other things to try. So on to chicken, right? So this is the house specialty they yeah. say, which you know I always love it when they say house specialty on a menu because it makes it really easy to decide for me. <laughs> yeah, you will, if it's if it's your first time there, you always gotta have the house specialty. Absolutely, right? yeah. This is surprisingly different. Mm-hmm. They look the same, but this is sweeter. Mm-hmm. It's like richer. It has like a. Let me try some adjust the rice. Let's see. Um, it's not as flaky as the uh, or dry. Yeah, it's goat. more like. Hmm. The spice profile is completely different. It really is. It's not. A it's not a punch. And it's definitely less... I feel like it's less hot, too. Mm-hmm. Wait, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, and it's so I'm good try, with the right time. I'm going to try a little bit of this. The goat. And then a little bit of this. We'll see. Because we actually have never had such a direct comparison before. We have not. Um, you're right. The chicken is a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more... Holy shit, I'm sweating so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, it's, I, I actually, I don't know which one I prefer though. I, what do you think? Okay. Um, I love the flavor of the biryani, of mm-hmm. the chicken biryani, but I love goat. Mm-hmm. So I'm caught in between. Like if they could have whatever spices and sauces they use for the chicken biryani, but with goat meat, I'd be all for it. Completely agreed. I I was seeing the exact same thing. The I like the the spices of the the chicken, uh-huh. but the meat of the goat is so nice. It's it's, it's really so nice. tender. I mean, it's, you're the only one getting stabbed here, but would you say it's worth it? Oh, a hundred percent. I would take a hundred stabs a day just to get some of that goat. Oh man. <laughs> mm. All right. So I don't handle spice well. For our audience. Imagine me with a glistening forehead. <laughs> and it's like kind of dripping down the side of my face as well. <laughs> um, that being said, let's move on from the spice. I know for a fact these Cantonese fried rices are not spicy. Not spicy at all. Um, let's start off with the more traditional, a traditional, right? yeah. original one, which is the Yang Chow fried rice. This is regarded as the fried rice in most Chinese restaurants. Right. This would be like right. the, the basic. Like when you want like a classic fried rice that has everything you could want in a traditional fried rice, yeah. right? You get both once again. That's the interesting about both of these is they both have meat and seafood in them. But it's just so like 
don't know. It's different. It's just it's different. different. Like, I don't, different. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Um, let's try the young chow. I'm going to try to get a bit of, like, like a bit meat, a meat, meat a prawn eggs, prawn. That's a healthy mix. Like, it's delicious, right? It's so good. Um, I think, honestly, it's that pork that does it for me. It is. Because this is, like, I think it's not any pork. It's, like, Cantonese barbecue pork. It does what it tastes like, yeah. Right? And it's, it's moist, but not mushy. Mm-hmm. You can feel each grain, but it has integrity that kind of sticks together a little bit. It does. Like when you're spooning it up right now, it's staying in a clump, right? It's not like flaking apart. Oh, sometimes you do get... say that. <laughs> sometimes you do get fried rice where the, the grains just won't stay together. And it's such a hassle to try to eat it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I will say. And this is definitely not true for all Chinese people, but in my Chinese family, fried rice is seen as a lazy person's meal. Right. Okay. Because there's a there's a saying, and many of our uh, Chinese ethnicity audience members may agree, but the best rice to use for fried rice is actually leftover rice. Mm, definitely. You yeah. want it to be dry as hell so that when you do throw it into the wok, it's going to soak up all that grease and all of that, like, fond and just juices, you know? Yeah. I don't know if any of the audience members have ever tried this, but trying to make fried rice with, like, fresh rice. Oh, it's it, a pain in the ass. It, it won't break apart. It, or sometimes it, it, like, it clumps together and then like you try to like push it and it like mushes together mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. and it just becomes like a glob and it's it's not very good. So mm -hmm. unless if you cook your rice with like less water, I'd say which would be the only option. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, refrigerated rice is definitely the way to go for it. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what they did here. Yeah. Um, mm. It's, it's quite nice, though. Like I said, having vegetables in it is kind of nice, too. They have carrots and peas. Yeah. I'm doing some Googling right now because, I, you know, I realized the more we've – the more episodes we do, the more comfortable we are with Googling shit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right? Um, so uh, – because I know for a fact that – Fried rice is kind of like an everyday lazy person meal. Right. Right. I'm Googling and it seems that biryani is the an antithesis, antithesis okay. of fast food because it is a slow cooked overnight, sometimes multiple day dish. Right. Like I remember seeing a video of Gordon Ramsay in the middle of a desert burying his biryani in the sand. Oh, wow. I remember seeing that. So I guess on one hand, we're eating this crazy, amazing meal that may or may not be festival food. That is biryani. Right. And then we've got fried rice, which you can whip up in like 10 minutes, <laughs> right? I actually find that approach so interesting though, because when we're looking at these foods, they're both rice dishes. Mm -hmm. But like you said, one, you're preparing in advance. Yeah, and one you're making the split second. One, one you go to your fridge. You're like, oh, I have extra rice that's left over in my fridge. Yeah, I'm gonna make fried rice. Like, I feel like rarely do you make rice 
just to make fried rice. I agree. You know, like usually you have rice already and you read too much and then you make fried rice the next day. Yeah, well, it gets to be like an inconvenience, you know? So exactly. it's the most convenient way to make fried rice is using leftover rice. Exactly. Because otherwise it's just so much time for something that's so simple. Mm -hmm. Whereas the biryani, it's a lot more like you need to cook it for that time to really yeah. develop that flavor. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because I think every culture approaches certain things very differently. Like some foods are supposed to be meant to be really slow. Some are meant to be really fast. Yep. yep. Um, and so you can see that in China, rice is more of a, more of a fast thing. You know, it's more of a, it's a side dish or a dish that you use leftovers to create something that's like a new dish. Mm -hmm. Whereas in some places you take rice, a very simple thing, and you just let it cook for a really long time to really develop. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then other things in China, they take a super long time to cook themselves. Right. So meats. a lot of meats, exactly. Meats. A lot of meats will take hours and hours and hours. And just, to and then you got like cultures that like flash fry. Exactly. Or like speed, like steaks. Steaks. Steaks yeah. cook so fast. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's so many, and there's, I think that's the thing is like, there's the whole idea. I know like a lot, a few years ago, or I think more like 10 or 15 years ago, the idea of like slow food became really big as like a trend in cooking Yeah. where you spend a lot more time to create something. Uh, and it's, it's, it's all focused on taking your time and like, making sure that each ingredient first of all is like the way you want it to be and so on. Yeah. And I think that definitely is what the biryani approach is, mm -hmm. is that you're, you're taking the time to ensure that it's like perfect, mm -hmm. you know, um, rather than being kind of a fast food. Yeah. But then again, in, in India, of course, they have a whole bunch of other foods that, that are fast foods, right. That, that are done really quickly that you can just get anywhere. Like for example, like a lot of Indian breads are very quick to make, for example. Yeah um potato sandwiches exactly mm -hmm. exactly so stuff like that and i think and so every culture has its fast foods and its slow foods and it's just a different way of approaching the food yeah yeah uh we have one last rice yeah, to try. We try it this uh, is your first time ever having this this right? is this yeah. is um i think we should discuss what these two sauces on this fried rice is yeah one looks like a is it cream? Is yeah, this cream? Yeah, so apparently, I did some research into it. Apparently, traditionally, it's like a bechamel sauce, so a cream oh, sauce. what the fuck? With shrimp in it. So this is obviously a fusion Hong Kong dish. This exactly. is post-British colonization. Exactly, yeah. Right? Exactly. Because Chinese people don't have bechamel. Exactly. It, right. it, it's, it, that's, it's a very, like, adapted thing. So you take a fried rice and you're mixing it with another culture a little bit. Right. Um. And so it's definitely an interesting perspective on the dish, but at the same time, it's interesting to see that it was also still created in Hong Kong, Yeah, which is like, so you can see that the influences from other places can really be taken into our own cuisine yep. and the way yep. that we approach our food. Um, there's, there's countless examples yeah. everywhere of that. Um, I'm trying to think of some, but, but. Well, literally all of Hong Kong cuisine, like if you've ever been to a Hong Kong cafe, for example, like Hong Kong milk tea. Yes. It's literally English breakfast mm -hmm. with milk, right? And then you have like, they have like baked entrees in Hong Kong cafes, which is like a pork cutlet over rice with tomato sauce that's been baked. Right. And that doesn't inherently make any sense when you're trying to associate with a particular culture. But then when you look at Hong Kong's like, uh, diverse cultural background, you're going to be like, oh shit. Yeah. This is a thing. Yeah. Hong Kong is really like a, 
like a playground for like globalization. Oh, hundred percent. It's, it's it's changed hands so many times throughout many history, times. right? Yeah, and um, so there really are so many influences. I think that's it's so cool to see what it's created. Um, I know there's like a host of problems too, but 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 just like looking at just food, it's very interesting to see how many like. I think food is one of the few things that globalization does do good on. Exactly. You know, it's being, even just being able to get foods all around the world. And you look at like America, the the amount of globalization in food in America is insane. Like, is there even truly an American cuisine? Probably not. Because everything. French fries are Belgian. Hamburgers are German. Yeah. And then, and then like the American quintessential is probably like pizza. And that's just like kind of Italian. Italian. And then you have like barbecue, which is sort of like Caribbean slash African influence. Exactly. Yeah. Especially with like Cajun things. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Cajun is one of the coolest ones because Cajun, you have French, Spanish, and Caribbean meeting together all in one thing. Oh yeah. What's that? Called? Creole? Creole. Creole. Creole and Cajun. Yeah. So there's the two different, the two different yeah. sections of it. Okay. Um, we're getting a little sidetracked. Yeah, sorry, we're getting sidetracked. So. We haven't even talked about the other half of this. So the other one is more of like a tomato-y pork sauce. I will say this looks less fusion-y. It's, this looks a lot like some of the stewed dishes you see in Japan. Yeah, I would say so. Although sometimes it can be, depending on where you get it from, it is kind of reminiscent of like sweet and sour sauce. Right. Okay, <laughs> so then my question is, are you supposed to mix them or are you supposed to have them separate? So what I always do is I start with one and then I try the other and then I try a little bit with both. Down the middle. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so let's start with... Cream, first. cream. Okay, so get a shrimp in there too. Oh my god, this is okay. The first thing I think is rich. It's it's a thick. You can sauce. tell they used so much like what starch. Starch, yeah. Usually they, they starch thicken it. Oh, it's so good looking. Oh fuck. <laughs> okay, before I talk, I'm gonna go in for a second spoon. Wow. It almost has like a butteriness to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's like a cream of mushroom, cream of corn. Exactly, yeah. With rice, with rice and shrimp. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking good. It's really good. It's like I said, it's one of my personal favorites. My parents don't particularly like it, but it's one of my favorite things whenever they have it because it's kind of rare to find at a restaurant mm, too. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Okay, I, I'm d- dying to know what the other side so is. So let's like. go in for the other one. Make sure you get a little bit of everything. You get some like tomato and stuff. Okay. What is this? Is that tomato? They yeah. slice these tomatoes so freaking thin. <laughs> They're so, so thin. Okay. They were generous with the sauce too. Okay. I'm going to try this. Uh, it is sweet and sour. <laughs> it's basically sweet and sour, yeah. It's still good. Like, Hong Kong cooking, or Cantonese cooking at large, really focuses on the flavor of a plum. Right. I don't know if you taste it in this, but there's kind of a plumminess. Yeah. I don't know if it's from, like, vinegar and sugar, or if it's from an actual plum, but, like, it's more than just sweet and sour. It's also, like, kind of aromatic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because... I don't know everything about all because Chinese cuisine in general, like there's so many regional mm-hmm. cuisines, mm-hmm. but I do know about Cantonese cuisine. It's usually a lot of like more like 
delicate flavors. Yeah. And a lot, like, usually less spicy than other ones. Yeah. So there's usually very rarely, like, a super spicy dish in Cantonese. Except for, like, oh, right, right, Cantonese cooking. I, I thought you were talking about Chinese, and I was going to be like, Sichuan. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> which, is, no. which would be the spiciest, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I will say, like, when I lived in Canton for a brief period, I didn't have any spicy food that was from Canton, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, okay, I'm really wondering what so, these taste like mixed up. So let's try right in the middle. It's That's my favorite part. Like right here? Yeah, anywhere in the middle. Make sure you get a little bit of both. Make sure both sauces are on there. Is that good? That's probably good, yeah. Okay. All right, let's try this. Mm. How do you describe that's... something like this? See, when you eat in the middle, it gets so confusing because you can taste both individually. But at the same time, there's kind of this flavor you get when you're both in the same thing, you know? Yeah, okay. It's got the butteriness of the bechamel. Exactly. But the taste of the bechamel itself isn't there. No, exactly. It has the butteriness and the texture of it, I'd say. But then you have, like, the, the sweet and sour taste of the other one. Yeah, holy shit. This is really good. It's really good. It's... And, like, the thing about this is, this is one of those fried rice dishes that you would get this, and you can have this as just, this could be your meal. Mm -hmm. Because you have the shrimp and the pork, and you have vegetables, you have rice. Mm -hmm. I bet you there's somewhere in the world, there's a sick fuck that will order this, and without tasting both sides, we'll just go ahead and mix it. Oh, that's a nightmare. <laughs> like, with most things, when you get two different things in one dish... The instinct is to mix. Yeah. But with this, you have three different fried rices in one. <laughs> I, I know I said two earlier, but this, like, mix in the middle is definitely a third flavor. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And so, so there's something I love about this type of food. I love food where I can kind of play a bit, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, it's similar to the, the raita with the, the biryani, where I can go and eat something, and then I can eat the same thing with something slightly different and it's a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything more fun than that. And I love any type of cuisine that allows you to do that. Yeah. God, it's absolutely delicious. It's all of these are so good. Hmm. Hmm. Like I know I have to keep talking cause this is a podcast, <laughs> but holy shit. It's amazing how good rice could be. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's so versatile. Exactly, and that's it's a blank canvas. And these are just the savory dishes we've tried. Absolutely, we haven't even tried the desserts. Yeah. Oh man, and there's some good rice desserts. Oh, and there's so many good rice I think desserts. What, like in an earlier episode, we had rice noodles. Yep. You yep. have things like mochi. It's yep. just, it's an incredible food, and it's such a staple. Um, I will say though, rice is actually. I, I took a nutrition course, so I know a little bit of nutrition. But oh, isn't white rice like the worst thing it's, for you? Of all the staple foods, it actually has the least nutritional value. So you kind of need to have something with it. If it, just eating rice by itself has very, very little nutritional value at all. Um, well, good thing we're eating like fried rice and biryani, right? But, and that's the thing is you have, and that's why they put rice with so many things. Yeah, it's because once you put stuff with the rice, you get the fillingness of the rice. And you get all the other stuff for everything else. And it, it can all be cooked together, as we've seen here. Yeah. Oh, shit. This is so good. Man, I... Yeah, I, I always forget how much I like rice. But honestly, I'm even a big fan of just plain rice. Me too. Just plain rice is kind of nice sometimes. And man, we could go on for hours about the different types of rice, too. You have short-grain rice, long-grain rice, sticky rice. 
um, brown, brown rice. There's purple. Even, yeah, purple rice. There's like hundreds of types of rice. And then, like, if you're a real dick about it, there's quinoa. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, and then then you also get things like wild rice, which mm, apparently yeah. isn't actually a rice. Apparently, it's like a, a weed or something. Oh shit! Yeah, I thought it was just like non-GMO rice. <laughs> it's apparently like a grass or something that grows in water. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Um, I know the other day at the grocery store, we ended up finding plant-based rice. Oh yeah. And for a hot second, we were like, "Hold up! Isn't rice already a plant?" But turns out it was like some health nut that made. It was supposed to be low-carb rice. They were just I, tiny little soy pellets. And they were suspended in a liquid. <laughs> it looks so gross. It looks so gross. I think that's one of the things is like trying to replace a grain with anything else. I don't think it's going to ever work. Yeah. Because even like you can get gluten-free grains, like rice is gluten-free. Mm-hmm. But trying to replace grains altogether, I think is impossible. Yeah. Because there's just such a staple around the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Soy rice suspended in gooey liquid. It sounds like something out of like a science fiction novel. Yeah, and I like I genuinely don't think you can replace what no, we have in front of 100%. us. You know, like could you make a biryani out of a rice substitute? <laughs> you can try. Not. <laughs> You're not gonna succeed. So I think it's just because there's certain properties of rice that are so good. Like, yeah. like look at how the, it's like holding the spices. Like in this biryani, you can see each grain is so coated in it, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's why it's it's also so it's so popular around the world for all those reasons. Yeah, it's, it just holds on to flavor so well. So even if you don't have much sauce or anything, it really you can really spread it a lot further when you have rice. Yeah, I know for a fact this will not be our last rice episode. Absolutely not. There's. Because like I said, there's rice in every single country. Like yeah. I can't think of a single one. That even if it's not native to the country, because I know there's some places that don't have native rices, it's everywhere. Like you think about it in like the US, there's like Texas long grain rice. Mm-hmm. In Europe, we have things like Aborio rice for risotto, yeah. bomba oh for paella. God. Um, paella is something we have to absolutely visit. I actually have a paella pan. Oh man. Is it big? It's a big pan. It's, it's, it's a <laughs> decent size. Yeah, it's... But rice is one of my favorite foods. And I know it's kind of an odd thing to say because it's kind of odd to say like a staple grain is one of your favorite foods. But it really is, you know? Okay. So now that we're kind of nearing the end of our meal, would you say you have a favorite? Maybe you could be specific and choose one out of these four rice dishes or you could say fried rice, biryani, which one you like more. Can you compare the two? Can you not? Once again, one of those things that's so so hard to compare. I think it's kind of how you're feeling, to be honest. It is, yeah. Like, the biryani is a very, like, it's a very powerful experience. Like, every bite you have, you're kind of overwhelmed by flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, one of those things where you're going to, like, you're going to taste it for a long time after, too, you know, because it's just so many spices. And it's just, like, whereas the, the other rice, like, the Chinese fried rice, I'd say it's a lot more light, you know? it's like, I think it functions... Fried rice definitely functions as a comfort food. Absolutely. I wouldn't know about biryani. Like, for me, it's just too opinionated right. to be a comfort food, right? Right. 
I think there could have been how we were grown up and raised too, you know? We mm, weren't raised yeah. with this kind of, like, these level spices. Like, honestly... I'm sure this is comfort food for someone. Yeah. Honestly, because, like, growing up in, like, North America, often having this much spice and this many different types of spices all in one can be, like, very overwhelming for the yeah. senses. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. we're just not used to having so much all in one. Mm-hmm. But, which is my favorite? Oh, that's really hard. I think for I, me today, it's gonna be the honeymoon, because that was completely new for me. <laughs> But between fried rice and biryani, I can't. I can't make up my mind. It's too hard. Um, yeah. I think there's. I just have for so much respect for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. That. That it's just so hard to decide which one's better. Um, and the thing is, also the other thing is, like, I think they proved that rice isn't always easy to make either, though, right? A hundred percent. Because also the honeymoon, you're thinking about you have to make two different sauces, including and and then the rice too. So you're almost taking like the the young chow that we have here, and you're just making it more complex, which is really cool. So you're taking something that's simple. The rice is so simple, but but you're throwing complex things on top, which I think yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I think you know to sum it all up into one sentence, it's really cool to see how different cultures have been able to take what many consider the world's most boring carb. <laughs> And turn it into something amazing, right? Absolutely. Like, if you're a 20-year-old guy and you don't know how to cook, the only thing you're going to be eating is chicken breast, steamed broccoli, and white rice. Yeah. That fucking sucks. <laughs> so it's great to see that chefs all over the world are taking, like, just a grain of rice and making something insane out of it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing and just, like, the level of respect that people have for rice. Because it's just so oh, it's worshipped in some areas. Exactly. Like, quite literally, right? Yeah. If you had to – okay. Off topic, if you had to choose a favorite rice dish, you can't choose anything else, what would it be? I'm fine. Actually, you could choose two. You could choose two favorite. I'm not going to lie. Like, my favorite thing is probably sushi. Like, I sushi. love sushi. Okay. sushi. I, the sushi rice is something spectacular. Especially, but that's the thing. I think sushi rice can be so hit or miss, though. Sometimes oh, it's well, I know horrible. that sushi masters spend a decade yeah. just washing rice. Exactly. They, they spend so long just learning to wash rice and stuff. And those are the and people that do rice right. Exactly. Right. And like I've heard that apparently like in one handful, they can feel how many grains are in their what hand. What the and they, fuck? they know by weight, like this is, this is like 20,000 grains or something That's like that. That's <laughs> insane to me. Oh, wow. Okay, so sushi's one of them. Do you have a second? Oh, man, that's so hard. I do love... Jasmine rice, like the fragrant mm. jasmine rice, is really good. Um, yeah. Oh, but that's also so hard because I'm also like paella is one of my favorite foods of all time. Okay, you said paella, so I'm not saying paella. Okay. <laughs> you say you saved my ass there because I was trying to decide between three. You said paella. So, for me, I like black sticky rice pudding. Okay, cool. If you've ever been to a Thai restaurant, it's black sticky <gasps> rice with like sweet and salty coconut milk okay and the whole thing is hot okay yeah yeah so good and sometimes they'll throw like a few like lychees or maybe like lotus seeds in there to like turn it up a bit but it's it's so good um my next favorite thing to do with rice is actually horchata oh (gasps) so good so horchata is it's Latin American for sure. Is it it's, Mexican specifically? I believe it's Mexican. It's a Mexican rice milk. Yeah. With like cinnamon and nutmeg and like a fuck ton of like vanilla and sugar basically. That's, yeah. that's what it is. And it's so good. And it's, it's served cold. It's served cold. Yes. Oh man. It tastes yeah. like um like fancy cereal milk. It's so good. Yeah, it's like cereal milk. 
and it has like this creaminess that you would never expect from rice. You would never expect it. And man, yeah, one of my favorite places in Vancouver, um, uh, Mezcal, mm-hmm. one of my friends, uh, Molly, showed this to me, and she said I had to get the horchata there, and we got it. And the thing, amazing thing they do about it is it's one little thing. They add an orange slice into it. Oh, that must a single slice of orange, up. and it just makes it it brightens mm. it up. You get like the orange oil in it, and then you can like you can get a little bit of the orange pulp, mm. but not overwhelming. And it's just it's so good. That's okay. In my mind, that sounds like it would taste like an orange creamsicle. It kind of does. Oh, it's like God, it's so good. It, it, like the thing is, it's like a very mild orange, so yeah. it's like a light orange creamsicle. It's so good. Awesome. Man, I completely forgot about that rice preparation. And that's the thing is like there's just countless rice milk. So many. Like, it's 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 amazing. Um, I think this was a great episode. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I'm excited is- to do our right our next rice one. In fact, I want our next episode to be a rice episode, but I feel like we kind of have to like change the variety a bit. I you think know? I think we should make it a regular thing though. Maybe yeah. Let's do rice week. like next week. Oh shit, no, like. Two weeks later, three weeks later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's the thing. And audience, let us know if you are interested in hearing more about rice because we're certainly interested in talking more yeah, about it's, rice. Yeah, it's both of our like favorite ingredients. Oh, it's so rice. good. I eat rice. I make rice all the time. In yeah. first year, I was kind of known for making rice oh, at university in my dorm room with my little rice cooker. <laughs> I would make rice for people at like two a.m. when they were like studying late at night. I'd go deliver them rice. <laughs> um. Okay. So. We are about to end this episode. Um, in a funny twist of events, we are about to do something that does not have anything to do with rice. <laughs> um, hailing from the wonderful streets of San Francisco, we bring you Fortune Cookie ASMR. Okay.